BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. Throngs of passengers are once again spilling out of LAX, but they're finding there aren't a whole lot of Uber or Lyft drivers to take them where they want to go. KCRW's Benjamin Gottlieb has more from drivers and advocates on why. Katrina Green and her husband just can't stop looking at their phones. We've been waiting for like 30 to 35 minutes for a Lyft. They live about five miles from LAX, but they can't seem to catch a ride. And they're not alone. On any given day right now at the airport, hailing an Uber or a Lyft has become both difficult and expensive. That's because while more folks are looking for transportation, drivers are simply not back on the roads. I was making about $3 an hour at the beginning of the pandemic. It was ridiculous. That's Daniel Russell, a former rideshare driver in Los Angeles. Just my pride, I didn't want to go on unemployment, but... um, Eventually, I just had to because there was nowhere near enough business to sustain, and it was dangerous. Russell says he hasn't returned to rideshare work, and he doesn't plan to. And if you ask folks at Rideshare Drivers United, which is a driver's group based in L.A., they'll tell you something else is going on, too. Proposition 22, passed last year by state voters, allows companies like Lyft and Uber to classify their drivers as independent contractors. And that means they can adjust things like payment for drivers at will, says Estefanie St. Just. She works with the drivers group. When I started, I was getting paid $1.20 per mile. And now you're making 32 cents. It doesn't make sense. Now, both Uber and Lyft declined on-the-record interviews with KCRW, but in an emailed statement, a spokesperson for Lyft acknowledged driver shortages, but said that's changing and that the company, quote, added thousands of drivers in the past few weeks, and it's already leading to a better rider experience, with wait times down more than 15% nationwide, end quote. For the California Report, I'm Benjamin Gottlieb in Los Angeles. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. A lot of Californians have moved since the pandemic began last year, but as it turns out, most of them are staying right here in the Golden State. LA Times reporter Sarah Parvini has been reporting on the Great California Migration in a new series about Californians on the move. Sarah joins us now. Hey, Sarah. Hey. So, Sarah, no surprise, the largest percentage change came in San Francisco, as in people moving out. Where are all of those people going? About two-thirds of people who moved out of San Francisco stayed in the 11-county Bay Area economic region, and 80% of them stayed in California. What's interesting to note is that counties in the Sierra Nevada Mountains and other parts of Northern California saw huge increases in entrances by former Bay Area residents, and that is according to the California Policy Lab. What is also very striking about your story is the map where you show the areas where people are flocking. And I noticed, you know, there's a lot of overlap with those areas, with the places that are most prone to fire risk in our state. What are experts saying about that? Yeah, I spoke with a researcher at Occidental College about this because one of the residents uh, who I met lives in Placerville. He's a longtime resident and he spent decades at this point, maintaining his land to ensure that being up in that interface, the wildland urban interface, he wanted to make sure that his landscape was okay in terms of fire risk. But he mentioned, and this was something that the researcher I spoke with also did bring up, concerns that folks who are new to the area might not know the best way to maintain their land. Because although the areas that border Sacramento are more built up. There are definitely places throughout El Dorado County up higher, you know, where the highways are, you know, in the hills. Uh, They're forested and they are densely green. And as the population grows, there is concern that, you know, there will be more homes in the hills or in the forest and that it could add to fire risk. Right. So you might have city folks who don't necessarily know how to upkeep their property uh, to mitigate those risks. It's a real concern. How do locals who are already in some of these places where people are flocking, how do they feel about this influx? It really runs the gamut. Of course, I think anywhere that you go uh, in the state or really in the country, if a bunch of new people are coming in, there are going to be those people who say, hey, I I really don't want this to happen. I like my, my neighborhood, my town or my city to stay the way that it is, and that's why I live here. Um, But, you know, I spoke with a lot of residents also who, although they were concerned about things like the fire risk or just the fact that this has driven up property values so much over the last year, they were excited to see more diversity of thought, um, different kinds of folks moving in, 
A, because that increases kind of the debate in the area of what they want the neighborhood to be like or what they want their city to be like. Um, and also just because it, it provides a little bit of freshness. Uh, but there is definitely the concern as well that, you know, it's getting really just unaffordable in terms of if you want to step into that first home. Right. I know it's still early for a lot of people who have moved, but did anyone you talked to already have regrets? So far, the folks that I've talked to have not had regrets. Uh, obviously, it's, it's tough to say whether a year or two from now they're still going to be happy with their decisions or if their work lives are as flexible to allow for you know remote work, which was a push for so many people. Um, but, you know, I did talk to folks who said, look, if a year from now my work says I can't work remotely, I'm just going to quit my job and find something else. And I think that's mm. something that's pretty interesting. That is very interesting. All right, Sarah, thank you so much for this reporting. Thank you so much for having me. Sarah Parvini is a reporter with the LA Times and also, as it turns out, the better half of Ben Gottlieb of KCRW, who brought us the first story in today's show. And, well, we just think that's pretty adorable. And that is the California Report for this Thursday, July 8th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from California Healthcare Foundation, ensuring the voices of Californians are heard in California's decisions about healthcare on the web at chcf.org voices. Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food on the web at theschmidt.org and SF MoMA, presenting the exclusive U.S. exhibition of Nam June Beck, a visionary global artist who bridged art, music, performance, and technology. Learn more at sfmoma.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.